the Knott family mystery. Christmas Eve 2020, a family vanishes in the middle of the night. The front door left wide open, both cars in the driveway, the table set for dinner. The only clue left behind, a note saying they're acting of their own free will. Where did the Knott family go and why? I'm Dawn Christensen, and you're listening to the Knott Family Mystery Podcast about the unsolved disappearance of Ray and Carla Knott and their six children. Is the coast clear? Great. Welcome to the secret version of Untying the Knots. When you first consider changing your family configuration, whether it be divorce, legitimation, a custody action, and whether you thought about it on your own or your spouse has raised the issue, your brain gets filled with an extraordinary amount of questions and an extraordinary amount of emotions. I'm Dawn. And I'm Kristen. And we're going to be answering all your family law questions in hopes that it will help alleviate some of the unknowns you're wondering about. Welcome to Untying the Knots. Between the two of us, we have 45 years of legal experience. We've been involved in over a thousand cases, including our own. We've handled all types of issues involving families, including same-sex marriages, divorces, custody modifications, and child support. We've had clients who've been married and divorced to each other multiple times, and we've helped people who have been together for as little as two weeks and those who've been together for over 30 years. Our hope is that you use this podcast like a search engine by scanning through our show notes for the main Untying the Knots podcast or on the podcast tab of our website to see a list of every question that we answer. We will give you the exact time on which episode to look for in both the main version of the podcast and the secret version. Why is it so important to talk to my kids about separation? And why is it so hard? Well, it's hard because we got a lot of big feelings. Yes. Right? Yes. You know, first of all, as the grown-ups in the equation, I've got a lot of big feelings, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm conflicted. I'm angry. I'm sad. More often than not, in the majority of cases, one person wants the, the divorce or separation and right. the other person doesn't. So one's much further down the road. And I got my own big feelings. Right. And so getting a handle on those to then have a conversation with your kids, that's just a hard task. And you have to acknowledge that. But what we've learned and what we know from research is that in this big life transition, kids really thrive on having more information on having structure, and the more information that you can give them about what this change is going to look like, when it is going to happen, the better suited they're going to be able to handle this situation. The same way with you as an adult. Exactly. With the caveat being age-appropriate information, and we're going to talk some about that, but age-appropriate information, you don't want to be sharing all the nitty-gritty of the adultery with any child, but particularly not with a toddler, right, right, Right. or a preschooler. Um, And, you know, the last thing we will say in answer to this question is that the reason it is so important is that this is a memory that we can pretty much guarantee Mm -hmm. you are laying down and engraving in your child's mind. Um, You and I both have memories about the very day that we were told about our parents' 
separation and divorce. Yep. We remember what it smelled like, how we felt, what it looked like. You know, I remember, I mean, I actually, in my mind's eye, have a picture of walking to the car right after my mom did it and seeing my little brother in front of me. Like I a, can completely relate. I remember right now sitting in my brother's bedroom, and I remember the whole day. And that was nearly 30 years ago. Right. So <laughs> it's, it's a big deal. Right. So it's going to be a big memory. Is it going to be a traumatic memory? Um, not to put too much pressure on y'all, but it depends on how you handle it. Right. How do I prepare to talk to my children about the separation? So the first part of the answer is one a lot of people may not like is that the best way to prepare is to talk to the other parent first. You've got to do that because your kids are going to need you all to be somewhat on the same page about this conversation. Right. So it would really be horrible to say, we're getting a divorce because we're arguing. So therefore, we're going to argue in front of you <laughs> right. about the reasons for right. the divorce right. and argue about what's going to happen afterwards. How do you think that's going to make a kid feel? Right. Ask each other what you think should be said. What are the most important points you want your children to hear about this? And this is hard because you all may not have the same thoughts on what should be said, but again, that's why this conversation needs to be had with the adults and not the children present um, as a preparation standpoint. And I think it's really important to, as you, you know, each listen to each other about what you think needs to be said to really land on a script that is more factual um, rather than emotional, because emotional is more likely to cause some emotional harm to the child. So sit down, talk if you're able, come up with a script. And the ideal, Kristen, is to go to a third party and talk about it um, and to get it, some advice from a professional. Go figure. There we go. With those <laughs> professionals again. That sounds so much healthier than what um, so many of us have experienced. But that's the goal, right? And if you're listening to this you obviously want to be as healthy as possible in talking to your kids. Yeah. There are a lot of child therapists that will gladly um, meet with parents for a one-off session about developing a common script for talking to their children and getting a sense of what's important to kids at various ages. And there are a couple of reasons therapists will do this. One is they see the traumatic impact of not having done that right. in their offices 10 years later or right. sooner. That's, that is so true. And a, what a therapist can also help you all do is to determine which topics, if any, are going to be off limits in this conversation with your kids. Look, if one person has done very bad conduct in the marriage and you're personally still very hurt by that, that's understandable. But a therapist could help you all frame that in a way that's not harmful to your kids. They don't need the emotional details of who was wrong and who was right in the marriage. They just need to understand the facts and the next steps as to what's going to happen. When is the best time to talk to my kids about the separation? So there's no perfect time, but I think you really need to sit down and think about how old your children are. Right. I think that will help guide it. Um, 
I think generally with older kids, like over about seven and or eight, that it they would benefit from having the discussion two to three week, weeks before any actual physical separation occurs, because they may need that process time to emotionally prepare for it. Yeah, that makes sense. And then younger children, ages three to five or six, they can be told four to five days before the separation. Telling them earlier is probably not helpful because they're so young and not mature enough to have that sense of time and won't really understand what's going to happen weeks beforehand. Yeah. And with toddlers and infants, I mean, it's even less lead time, right? Because they certainly have no sense of timing in the way that we develop as we get older. And it's not going to, you know, it's going to be more observational for them. You know, the toddler's going to observe somebody moving out or leaving. So really, you know, a day, right, Right. it would, would be fine. I think giving them too much lead time is really hard. It may be if you have children in two different age groups, if you have an older child and maybe a toddler, that you need to have the discussions at separate times because of their abilities to comprehend time and to understand the specifics of it. And your content may be different if there is a great discrepancy in age. So factor that in as well. What do we need to consider when talking to our kids about the separation? What you need to consider in talking to the children about the separation is you really need to figure out where they are developmentally at that time. Right. Um, it's important for you to not sugarcoat things. It's going to be my inclination as a mother bear is to try to lessen the impact of, of everything. But that's not going to help. Because that's not the truth, right? right? So to be really concrete and tell them what the deal is. You know, what we know about kids under about six is that they need really concrete language and simple explanations to explain what's going on. And what I will tell you as a lawyer who likes words and uses them a lot That's not a great approach for young children. Lawyers talk so much. <laughs> they really do, and they want to feedback, and then they want to talk some more. Right. So short sentences work better than lengthy, complex ones. Like, you want to be declarative. Definitely. And we'll give you some examples of those. And so, But just generally to think about what information do your kids need to have, Here are some things that that they'll need to know. What happens next? You're telling them that you're separating. What happens next? Where will each parent live? Where will the kids live? And what's going to happen to their stuff? Kids are often concerned about where their toys going to be. Will they have things in each place? Will they have to take clothes back and forth? You may not have all of the answers to those things, but think through how you'll answer some of those questions they may have. And, you know, depending on where they are developmentally, in addition to their toys, their stuffed animals, their things, they're going to want to know if they can still see their friends, if they're going to still be in the same school. We all go to church. Will I see grandma and grandpa? You know, think about their life view. Exactly. That is their life view. That's what's really important. And be very careful about making promises or statements that you cannot guarantee or that you don't know yet are in their best interest. So Kristen, let me give you one that you and I hear all the time. The parent who says, you will see mommy 
a lot. <laughs> she's still in your she's still in your life. She still loves you, but you're going to sleep in your bed every night. Totally unrealistic. Totally unrealistic and quite frankly not necessarily in the child's best interest, right? Correct. Because what's really important is that the child cleaves and is able to be with each parent, not with an inanimate object like a bed. And I can't tell you how often we hear, but they got to be in their same bed every (laughs) night. It's all they've ever known since they were born. Right. That is true. That is true. They are resilient. They are, and things are changing. And this is an opportunity for you to help your children understand that change can be hard, but they can live through it, and that with structure and a plan, they can get through it. One emotional question that your kids may ask that I think is really important, your kids, especially younger children, may ask, is it still okay for me to love both of you all? Is it still okay for me to hug daddy or mommy or mommy and mommy? This is not an opportunity for you to degrade or destroy the other parent, even if you're really upset and and maybe rightfully so. But this is the time to reassure your kids to talk about what the new structure and plan will look like and reinforce for them that you both still love them and it's okay for them to love you both. The thing that we have heard more often than not, and quite frankly, we have seen over the years, and remember, guys, I've done it 30, I've seen a lot of it, mm-hmm. um, is your dad is leaving the family, right? <laughs> when that's communicated, your dad is leaving you, your yes. dad is leaving us. That is so harmful and traumatic to kids. You know, the truth is, your dad may be leaving mommy. Right. But that's not information a kid needs. It is not. Um, And it's not appropriate to them. There is, and I'll get a little, you know, dorky, nerdy on you. There is something called the Adverse Childhood Experiences Scale, or ACEs. And that counts the number of traumatic experiences in a child's life, Mm -hmm. right? And is a great predictor for later in life, predicting lifespan, as well as many other things, educational attainment, earning capacity, and things like that. You know, you know, six or more adverse childhood experiences, I mean, scientifically, those people are going to die 20 years earlier. It doesn't mean it needs to happen, but divorce is one of those traumatic experiences. That was it, going to be my next question. Well, how does divorce fall into those categories? It is automatically one of them. And yes. if you want to make it by a multiple of two or three, mm. Do things like talk to your children about the specifics of the bad conduct or that mommy is leaving them and abandoning them. And that will increase it by a multiple of two or three. It doesn't make your feelings any less important. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it, it, it definitely will impact the kids and developmentally depending on the age of your kids, it's appropriate for kids to internalize and and think that the separation is their fault somehow and ask questions like, well, you know, is is daddy leaving because I X, Y, Z? And it is so important to reinforce for them that this is not their fault. This is not about anything they could have done differently to make you all have a different outcome in your relationship. Right. This is about mommy and mama's inability to get along with each other. Right. Not with you. Right. It's their inability to love each other. 
um, and not love you. Right. right. So that is so important. Another issue that comes up very frequently that that many of you may be thinking is we're talking about specifics you need to give the kids and how concrete you need to be. Well, that may not be decided yet. Right. right. There may not be enough resources or for, for whatever reason, folks may still be living in the same home. Mm-hmm. And I think it's OK to say that, to say Mommy and Daddy are going to still be here together in the same house. We're going to be in different rooms, and we're going to do things separately. So one day, Mommy may take you to school, and another day, Daddy may take you to school. Um, Mommy may be responsible for gymnastics or, you know, some other things. So go ahead and give them as much information as possible, but don't say things like, you'll see Daddy every day if you can't promise it. Right. What kind of reaction is my kid going to have when I tell her about the divorce? I think it really depends on the age of your kids. And preschool children, research shows that they often blame themselves because developmentally it's appropriate for them to be in a very ego-centric stage of their lives. And they may ask very simple questions like, is mommy leaving because I threw that toy at her when I was mad the other day? Or... Any any questions that are like that, this is where they need reassurance that they did not cause their dads to separate or their moms to separate and lives elsewhere. Yeah. And older kids, I think that if they have been some of the focus of the arguing and the disagreement, sometimes they may blame themselves as well. But frequently, we also see with older children and adolescents that in addition to some self-blame, that they blame one or more of the parents. That is so true. And it it may fulfill that wronged parent's feeling of having been wrong to see an adolescent, quote unquote, (laughs) side with them. Right. But that's not good for them in the long term. Yeah. So what I've seen about how um, the feelings kids have associated with separation manifest are like with really young children, um, like toddlers and preschoolers, or even those that are like in kindergarten, you'll see some sadness and tears, some Mm -hmm. meltdowns. Sometimes they have behavioral issues, they'll get a little more aggressive. Um, They very frequently will have increased anxiety around separations, because you know, they're struggling with feelings of abandonment, right? Um, what I want to say to you is that's very hard to watch. Yes. Um, however, it is not, um, they can overcome it. Right. It will not be long term. Um, reassure them, tell them that you're not going to leave them. Their other parents not going to leave them. They're still loved. And you can never say enough times that this is not your fault. This is a common reaction. It speaks to their love for you, their love for their family unit. Right. And they just got to work through it. Right. And on that note of having to work through it, remember, this is not these conversations that we're talking you through. These aren't one time conversations. These will be continued conversations. And it is appropriate to set aside some time at regular intervals to just talk about how things are going, how the kids are adjusting. There would be a lot of life changes. But back to reactions, young boys in particular, they're often very sad and and may be depressed when a father leaves the home. And especially, and I've seen this in not only boys, but girls as well, where 
you're going from a family unit where you're all living under one roof and you're transitioning. And now that child or children may be seeing the other parent much less frequently every other weekend, for example. That can cause a child to feel very sad because they miss seeing the other parent in, in the house every day. And so you have to think about that in, in terms of what a schedule would look like. Yeah. Older kids, um, both older elementary school, adolescents, and even into high school, you know, you're likely to see some anger and some acting out in the form of maybe I'm not going to do what my chores are. I'm going to ignore what your directions are to me. It's their way of trying to seize back some control and or handle difficult emotions that are just too big for them. And frequently, they don't understand or have words for what those emotions are. Um, Kids' grades may suffer temporarily. um, And, you know, that anger and some of those other outward manifestations really may just be covering up for the sadness and anxiety. And again, I know everybody feels like we preach this to from the rooftops, and we do, is it's a good time to get these children an objective third party to talk to it really where they is. can process it and there's some kids programs for kids of divorce that yep. are wonderful right. that make them feel not so alone yeah. you know by the time they're in high school they've got peers whose parents are divorced right but if you've got really young children toddlers preschool Definitely. early elementary they may feel like they're alone yeah and that isolation is hard This podcast will be updated every few months to reflect any development in the law and any additional questions you might have. If there's a question you haven't heard answered, email us at info at smithfileslaw.com and we'll add it to one of our updates. Please share this podcast with any of your friends or family who have family law related questions. If you are in the state of Georgia and would like to reach out to our offices, please call us at 404-909-8300 or email us at info at smithfileslaw.com. The content on Untying the Knot does not constitute legal advice or the practice of law by Kristen Files, Don Smith, or Smith & Files, LLC. Listening to the podcast does not form an attorney-client relationship between you and the podcasters. All listeners should consult with a qualified legal professional regarding their individual questions, needs, or issues that may be of concern. We are not responsible for any action taken by a reader based upon any information on this site. All of the content Content on the podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. Don Smith and Kristen Files are licensed to practice law in Georgia.